Greetings, Internet friends. Welcome to Walking and Talking. This is Ben Bennett. This is the audio version of an episode that was originally recorded as a video, but I've transferred it over to this audio podcast format in order to offer you a more flexible way to engage with it, rather than staring at a YouTube video for four hours. You can now superimpose my rambling over whichever compatible experience you desire, whether it be driving, walking, scrubbing the mildew off the bathtub, or attending an important Zoom meeting. Please excuse the poor microphone technique of the early walking and talking episodes. I promise it does get better as the series goes on. Since this was originally a video, I might occasionally refer to some visual element that you're not seeing, but by and large, all of the relevant information is in the audio. Publishing walking and talking as an audio podcast in addition to YouTube does cost me extra time and money, so if you find yourself listening regularly, please do consider supporting me via Patreon at patreon.com slash Benjamin Bennett. I want to make these episodes with more frequency and quality, and you can be assured that even tiny amounts of money that you donate will go a very long way in making that possible, in part because I am an anti-consumerist tightwad who will maximize the utility of anything you donate. I do publish some exclusive patron-only content on my Patreon page if that's of any interest to you, but my first priority is to continue making this show free for everyone and without ads or promotions. So once again, please check out patreon.com slash benjaminbennett and consider chucking me at least a couple of bucks. Any questions, comments, or feedback can be emailed to me at sittingandsmiling at gmail.com. And believe me, I do really appreciate any thoughtful emails that I receive. It's a welcome counterweight to all the inane YouTube comments on my channel. I'll put these links in the show notes, and without any further blathering, let's get on to the long blather. Hello, my internet friends. Welcome to Walking and Talking. I I cherish this opportunity. To connect with you. It um It makes me feel not alone. I just don't know what to say, you know. That's how it starts every time. But you just go ahead and and keep saying something even though you don't think that it's anything worthwhile. 
It doesn't seem like anything worth saying. But you keep going anyways. It's like, uh, it's like there's nothing, there's no kind of practical objective here that uh, makes talking that creates a reason for talking. There is no reason for talking here. But we just talk without reason. There's so much freedom. There's so many options for what to say. That I feel overwhelmed by it. brow was slightly furrowed so I, I unfurrowed it and I'm just um, reminding myself not to not to worry about talking I started to feel tense and then I just I noticed my body feeling tense in relation to the the struggle of trying to figure out what to say and so then I just relaxed my body and started talking again about relaxing and about ceasing to worry about what to say and that seems to have loosened my tongue a little bit
I had a thought just now that I I didn't say. I, you know, I thought, you know, should I say this or not? And I was questioning whether to say it based on whether I thought it was relevant to you or not. I'm always, I'm always thinking about your experience and whether what I say is relevant to your experience or not. Like I was, the thought that I didn't say was just kind of about my bodily sensation, that of feeling some soreness, some muscle soreness. But, you know, I question whether that has anything to do with you other than the possibility that you have some kind of interest in my specific experiences. whether I could have articulated that better. This is a continuing problem, walking and talking. Like, just this whole process in, in some ways is a continue, continuous problem. I mean, just like, what am I doing here, you know? Why am I doing this? I don't know, like, uh, every time that I get ready to start doing it, like, half of me is like, is, is this a dumb idea? Like, continually, continually ask myself, is this a dumb idea?
in the beginning. There's often a period of time, maybe even a long period of time, maybe sometimes a really long period of time, where during walking and talking, I continue to wonder if this is this whole thing is a bad idea. That's, you know, that's what I'm feeling now. Embarrassment. The same, uh, the same, same pattern seems to be happening again, where, um, you know, I say that, I say, I, I talk about how much doubt I have, and then after that, I. I counter that by admitting that I do have some kind of holding, I'm holding out in some way for the possibility of the opposite to, to happen, for that feeling to change within walking and talking based on past episodes, based on my memory of past episodes it seems to be this recurring thing and I think I should be trying to be completely present all the time and to allow for anything to happen in these episodes within the framework of walking and talking. And not to think too much about the previous episodes, not to rely on memory. But even so, even if I am completely present, it seems as if patterns emerge and I maybe repeat some patterns some thought patterns 
for instance one of in the beginning experiencing a lot of difficulty and then it clearing up somewhere around the middle or maybe even closer towards the end. But why do I do this over and over again? Is there, is there any benefit in repeating this structure? It's so much time spent that it's not all really accessible. I mean, it's just the the amount of content is like inaccessible because of how long it is. But we don't have to worry about that really, you know? Like I was about to start worrying, I was about to start worrying that, you know, no one person wants to spend all the hours of watching all these episodes, but then I realized that that's fine. Um, we don't have to worry about that. I mean, you're watching now, you're here now, and uh, it's not important to see anything else, you know? It's not important that you've seen other episodes of Walking and Talking. You're, you know, there's just this experience between you and I now. It's almost like, it's almost like worrying like if you if you met a new person, if you met a person and became friends, that's like kind of like worrying that you didn't hang out in the past together or something like that. Or worrying that you won't hang out in the future. Or that you won't be hanging out all the time in the future, or something like that. And then, because of that worry, you actually kind of ruin the present. So don't worry about, don't worry about missing any of walking and talking. 
You know, it's all pretty much just like this, more or less. It's uh, different, different affects and different moods, uh, different ways of thinking emerge, um, different trains of thought, but it's, you know, none of it's like critical. Morning. You're not missing anything by spending your time doing something else rather than watching, walking, and talking. But now you're watching. You're choosing to spend your time this way instead of some other way. That's fine. You might be, you might wonder at times, what, what am I missing by spending my time this way? What else could I be doing? But don't worry about that. I mean, nothing, your life's not gonna fall apart. I mean, you know, unless you really are neglecting something important. Oh, hey, red eft. Yo, dog. Are you still alive? Yeah. You just don't care that I'm poking you. I'm a little tired, physically. I mean, this is, this is your life and my life. Going by, I mean, that's one way to think of it. Like your life is passing you by minute by minute. 
every minute you spend walking and talking or watching walking and talking is a minute of your life that's gone by and so that thought like puts us another one this one's even smaller Thinking about it that way, it puts this uh, pressure on to be like, how am I going to make the most of my life, live every moment to the fullest? Hey, another one. And this is this is Red Eft Central. I'm gonna have to make sure I don't step on any. So then it's, you know, there's this question, all right, uh, life is finite and every moment that goes by cannot be recovered. Um, how am I going to, uh, you know, take full advantage of this fleeting life and live every moment to the fullest. And then and then, <clears throat> and then you have to think about that like all right, how what do I want to what do I want to be doing with all my time? How am I going to make that happen? But that's, that's pretty weird because, I don't know, like, of course, like, what you would want to be doing changes all the time. You can't always predict that far in advance, like, what exactly you want to be doing. Of course, we don't want to be doing the same thing for our, you know, every moment of our lives because that's boring and kind of impossible too. And like, you know, what we want to be doing is, is something that's like, it's continually determined by our context and our situation and what we're already doing. What we've been doing. be doing you know tends to be just like what what we're not doing 
a lot of times. Like how much time do we spend being like, I want to do something. I, how much time do we spend thinking to ourselves, I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing right now compared to, I want something to be different. I want to be doing something else. I want my situation to be different. I want, uh, you know, to be doing something else with my life. Cute. Look how small it is. So easy to find. They don't even run away. Like my friend said, the red eft is like a beginner animal. It's really easy to see and really easy to pick up. Sorry, just annoying, an amphibian. There's a bigger one. Should I start counting these? I feel like that's like seven or eight that we've seen so far. Let's assume it's... I'm just gonna estimate conservatively that we've seen seven and then I'll start counting from there. And then, you know, as we, uh, as we mature, we realize that you can't always be existing in pure pleasure, you know, you can't only always be having fun because things collapse then the st structure of your life can't maintain itself that way just even even like the structure of experience doesn't work that way it, it can't be pleasure all the time And you realize that uh, sometimes, it, well, it's like, it, one way to, of putting it is that 
sometimes you have to do things that you don't really feel like doing in the moment. You'd rather be doing something else, but you're doing, you have to be doing this. But in truth, we're choosing to do those things because in the long run, they make our lives better. You mean, I mean like, you know, all the various forms of work. All right. Nine. No, eight. Nine. Ten. There's three just in one spot. Eleven. Is this go are they going to be too numerous for me to count and and to also continue talking about anything else? Twelve. We do, you know, we do various forms of work. And by work, I mean things that aren't like immediately pleasurable. Things that are creating a future that's more stable. Fourteen. I'm sure I'm missing many salamanders. Postponing gratification. Fifteen. Is that where I'm at? Fifteen? I think so.
16. Eighteen. Am I gonna be able to am I gonna be able to count these and still think about anything else? Some thoughts some thoughts went by that I didn't say some thoughts like kind of like more towards my my circumstances. My specific life circumstances. Some of the thoughts that I was saying, relating back to my own circumstances, uh, my own more specific circumstances, and uh, thinking about my own life. <clears throat> Just something that I, I thought uh, didn't relate to you so much. Shit, did I lose count? Where were we at? 17? 18? 18. I'll say, I'll call this one. This is uh, already definitely the most salamander, the most salamanders I've seen in the wild in one place. So what are what are we doing now? Are we are we engaging in pleasure or work? I can't tell. It might be somewhere. It might be somewhere in the middle. It might be some kind of some kind of almost neutral activity in a way. This doesn't feel like pleasure to me, but also there. There exists in me right now a form of discomfort. Where are we at now? Did I say 20 already? Is this 21 and 22? This is, I'll call it 21 and 22. 
23. I feel there's some discomfort in me. 24, 25, 26. About, um, That I might be not that I might not be working right now. That this might not be work. That uh, this is too too lax and free of an activity to count as work. But uh, for me, work. What are we at now? Like. 27, 28. Like we tend to evaluate work quantitatively, 29. Just like I'm, you know, quantifying these salamanders. Um, by the amount of monetary remuneration that we receive for our work, like how much we get paid, 30, 31. You know, it's like if you're doing work that you're getting paid for, uh, there's at least that that uh, monetary exchange. It uh, provides a level of comfort to you. It, you know, it provides at least some amount of comfort that uh, is, you know, Ideally, uh, enough to make up for the discomfort that you experience while working. You know, it's you, you're doing something that you wouldn't necessarily do for free. And so, but the fact that you get paid for it. makes you willing to do it because you know that getting that that money you can exchange for other forms of time and energy and freedom in your life thirty two 
second. But, you know, then, um, of course, we realize that there are other factors involved. Like how, how much we like or dislike the work itself. Um, you know, does it drive us nuts? Does it make us depressed? Does it feel like it's dehumanizing us? Does it feel like it's, do, do you feel morally aligned with it or not? Does it feel like in itself, does it, how much of a waste of your life does it feel like, you know? And beyond that, there's also um, concerns about the future of, like, this type of work. Um, is it is it increasing the likelihood of the amount of freedom I have in the future? You know, is it is it uh, would you know lead to other opportunities? Will it? Does, do I gain, do I gain useful skills by doing this? Is there potential for me to uh, either make more money in the future because of doing this? Or, um, kind of... Maybe if it's maybe if the work is uh, tedious or unpleasant in some way now, like maybe by sticking through this, uh, there's potential for doing something more interesting in the future, work that is more enjoyable in the future.
But, uh, you know, sometimes, well, quite often in our lives, we do work that is not compensated with anything quantifiable. I mean, we'll say we'll we'll do the the physical work of uh, of just exercise, of working out, uh, and there's rewards for that that uh, can sometimes, to some extent, be quantized, quantitated, whatever, um, by like you know uh, numbers of weight loss, numerical number of number of pounds lost from your body weight or or gained which whichever is the goal and as as well as less quantifiable things like uh, your appearance and your health and energy and mood Look at that snake. It's a big old black rat snake. What a beauty. They're not dangerous. This kind of makes my day, you know. This is, just this experience is like some kind of reward for me. That's a pretty big one. I can see it breathing. You know what I think about reptiles sometimes? 
like they're cold-blooded, right? Which means their body temperature just changes along with the ambient temperature, the environmental temperature, as opposed to us warm-blooded mammals, uh, our metabolisms, um, plus, you know, the things that we do, like wear clothes and stay inside insulated buildings, stuff like that. We, we have to maintain our body temperature despite the changing environmental temperature. And so when we feel cold, there's this unpleasantness and our desire to get somewhere warm. It's like that unpleasantness associated with the feeling of being cold uh, is kind of a... It's a mechanism of our bodies maintaining equilibrium. They signal us to get away from that discomfort in order to maintain equilibrium. But a reptile... Like, you know, they have to avoid, like, freezing totally, but their their body temperature can just fluctuate along with the environment to some extent. They'll do things like bask in the sun to get warm. But it's like, it's okay for them to just, for their bodies to just get cold or get warm more so than mammals within certain limits, but... Like when I imagine that experience of being a reptile, I kind of imagine the... there being less discomfort associated with the sensation of, of body temperature dropping. It's, it's like, it's getting cold, it's like, okay, I'm getting cold. Uh, and I, like, my, my body doesn't, my body doesn't work to resist that drop in temperature. It just drops in temperature along with it. Oh, turtle. I missed it on the camera. Here's some uh, little blueberries.
dog just jumped in. I'm thinking, you know, and I'm thinking about uh, that uh, dropping towards, you know, about allowing your internal state to change with the circumstances versus versus not and in my mind I'm, I'm kind of drawing an analogy towards emotional states wondering like does our emotion do our emotions fluctuate along with the environment or do they maintain an equilibrium I mean they certainly don't always maintain an equilibrium it's like are in emotionally are we warm-blooded or are we cold-blooded and not I don't mean cold-blooded in the sense of being uh, like cold, coldly rational and kind of emotionless. Uh, almost the opposite, maybe. There's more blueberries. All these plants.
I don't know what more to say about that. I can't tell. I don't think I don't think we're entirely one way or the other. Sometimes my emotional state seems to maintain equilibrium despite changing circumstances and interactions with other people in various emotional states and sometimes it seems to fluctuate along with them and sometimes it seems to even fluctuate uh, without changing circumstances. Morning. Rich Hines, rail trail maintenance. Thanks for using our trail. Thanks for maintaining it. Hey, what do you got there? What is that little rig you got there? Oh, it's a camera on a stick. <laughs> I'm not a camera guy. I don't know anything about this shit. So whenever I see something unique, I always want to know about it. Oh, I see. It's just for the ease of holding it. It's yeah. It's really smart. Yeah. And then I got a battery pack That's there. smart. Yeah. It's really smart. I like that. And and then you just yep. That's yeah. Cool, man. Good for you. <laughs> that's cool. All right. Have a good one. That's a good video. <laughs> uh, uh, if you get something that's, that's, that you think is uh, is worthy, um, I don't think of what the website is for the for the rail trail. There is one. Okay. There's a, there's a website for this rail trail. Well, I got some footage of a big old uh, black rat snake back there. You know, if you got anything interesting and you can figure out how to get on. I'm not an internet guy. I couldn't tell you how to do it. Okay. But look for it. And uh, we'd love to have it. All, all right. All that stuff helps promote this view. This is an absolute stunning piece of the trail. Yeah, it is. I've been on many a trail all my life, and and I happen to live two minutes off of one of the nicest ones I've ever been on. It's a miracle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Am I, so am I emotionally cold-blooded or warm-blooded? I mean, uh, we, I think we like, and I guess I'm, I guess I'm talking about something totally different than like, uh, emotional coldness versus warmth, you know? I think we all have a pretty good idea about what those are. But just like the degree and conditions under which our emotions fluctuate and what do we have to do to maintain them is and are the things that we do to maintain them look at this beaver dam pretty sure that's a beaver dam
That looks like a beaver den over there. Some of the things that we do to maintain emotional equilibrium are internal. And some are external. Or we could classify them as such. Internal mechanisms of emotional equilibrium might be things like, you know, things like mindfulness or, or presence, whatever, the, whatever those mean. Um, and you know, th those are kind of slightly nebulous terms that are tossed around a lot. And, you know, the, uh, the various narratives, life narratives that we maintain ways of interpreting situations. And then there's, you know, external things like um, all of our various vices uh, and substances that we use to regulate ourselves and uh, maybe less obvious things like, Well, I mean, even all the things that we do to maintain our, like, physical equilibrium have an effect, you know? Like, uh, just maintaining appropriate levels of physical equilibrium are necessary in order to maintain the emotional equilibrium. Like, eating, and then, you know, you could do it And then they have, you know, different granularities to their effectiveness. Like in the eating example, like maybe you're like 
have to like snack a lot in order to maintain equilibrium which I'd call like a fine granularity like I feel I think something uncomfortable and then I want to go eat a snack in order to distract myself from that discomfort uh, <clears throat> or maybe and, and you know so that happens like in on a small time scale because maybe the snack like that doesn't last long in its effectiveness of avoiding the discomfort or maybe that maybe it's like following a very uh, disciplined healthy regimented diet and avoiding you know all sweets or junk foods or something like that and that's uh, like a and then you know by doing that you you maintain that very steady blood sugar level so i think of that as as like a larger granularity mechanism of equilibrium because it's like its effects are felt on a longer time scale still looking for red f's by the way those little red salamanders Or other other uh, mechanisms of emotional equilibrium that I would classify as external would include um, like consuming media, you know we can consume, we can choose what type, you know what kind of like mood of media we want to consume based on how we want to influence our emotions like uh, if we just feel the need for like 
some laughter and to be cheered up, you know, you watch something funny. Or if we're like sad and we feel a need to like connect and process that sadness, then we'll watch something really sad. Or just something like really fantastic that just totally draws us, our minds out of this world and into another world. What are we at now? 34? Thirty-six. Thirty-seven. And this is only on the right side of the trail that I'm looking at. 38. I'm starting to think think now about uh, walking and talking and how I've been uh, staying on a subject, staying on a subject for a while. And when I've had some thoughts that veer from the subject a little bit, I either don't really notice them or... Uh, I barely notice them and let them pass by, uh, or maybe I, I notice them and then I I don't say them, but I instead choose to continue talking about a, a subject that I've been talking about. And I'm wondering, you know, what my uh, what what's the priority here? Is it? Is it to communicate a clear idea? Is it to communicate a series of clear ideas? Connected and rational? Uh, or is it just to illustrate the process of thinking honestly? 
in which case what I would be saying might be a lot more dis more distinct at 39 40 41 like 42 like I uh, I don't exactly feel like I'm doing the greatest job here of staying of, of being completely transparent about every single thing that I think and I wonder if I should be doing more to that end to be focusing harder to be not allowing my mind to wander at all you know without speaking without without saying every verbal thought that occurs. And there's, you know, like, a few practical things here, like I'm, I'm like taking, took my phone out of my shirt pocket, and then I'm gonna put my shirt around my waist or something like that. So I'm just like, now I'm just like saying those things. just for the sake of being transparent about what I'm thinking. Forty-two, two? Forty-one? Forty-two? I'm lost. We'll call it forty-two. This is a great day for reptiles and amphibians. Another cold-blooded animal gradually warming up as the day warms up. 
42 red Fs. So, I mean, really, just if I keep the talking really continuously, um, then it has the effect. It has the effect of, of forcing me to, to reveal more of what I'm thinking or to, be, to, to merge my thinking more into my speaking. This is this is a thing that's come up so many times in walking talking like a lot of the same things come up they're similar they're very similar sometimes sometimes they're kind of different I don't know the the type of thinking the mechanism of thinking I don't know it's all linked it's all linked together but it does manifest in some different forms sometimes uh, can be kind of somber and serious and it can be um, it can be irreverent and humorous <clears throat> and the the energy level can be lower or higher today it's on I feel like it's on the, the lower plane of energy the calmer plane not you know not super stimulating but perhaps perhaps calming Oh man, mind, mind just wandering, just wandering far away from walking and talking. It's it's hard sometimes. It's hard sometimes. I guess I guess if it's hard, then uh, then that I can reassure myself in some way that this is some form of work, you know. If I, if I define my objective a little more clearly, that is to keep the talking continuous, then, and I, I realize, and that becomes more difficult, then I can, I mean, there, then I experience a difficulty in that form of staying 
on my objective rather than the other form of difficulty which is uh, the discomfort of uh, worrying that I might not be working hard enough you know that sort of thing and I was talking earlier about forms of work um, some of them remunerated some of them not that we choose to do and I I didn't get as far as the uh, the end of that thought I don't think maybe I was interrupted by a snake or something like that <clears throat> um, but where I was going with that was that For me, what, what constitutes work worth doing is, is, is only like, only very, um, loosely connected with um, the uh, the quantifiable remuneration aspect and some of that you know some of that results from how I have structured my life in a way where my life is <clears throat> I would say relatively, it's like relatively, um, it, it, it only relies to a, to a smaller degree on the, the economic system. I mean, the, the, the like, uh, uh, as, as represented in money or I should say, I should say rather that I'm, I'm not someone where large amounts of money are flowing in or out. I don't make very much money or spend very much money compared to the average, compared to the average person in my country. I think I, I haven't like uh, I haven't officially done the numbers. I could be wrong. I guess maybe I'm maybe I'm more average than I think. And I, I've just like you know structured my life in a way where um, I've structured my life kind of like with a plan, uh, with an objective of being able to subsist without making much money or spending much money but regardless there's a lot of work involved you know it's like if I'm to some extent 
self-sufficient like there's all the work of maintaining that the work that one does to avoid spending money but then um, aside aside from the the kind of survival oriented work There's, there's, um, there's another type of work that, that's very, uh, it's very difficult to pin down, like, what it's accomplishing, uh, because it's it's uh it's it feels very immaterial to me it's almost kind of um a work some kind of like you you could use the word metaphysical if you wanted but a work of a, just a work of like restructuring and and maintaining like the quality of of consciousness um in such a way as to as to to minimize my own suffering and ideally minimize the suffering of those who I interact with directly or indirectly I'm not sure if it's I mean I'm I'm sure that it's not well to what extent that is successful or not um is another big another big topic Maybe I can try to get into that this episode. It's some kind of it's some kind of work of of like uh, like shaping the container of consciousness or something like that. Shaping shaping the the mediating filters of consciousness.
And this, this is part of, this is like, why, this is why these videos, you could say. A work of just abiding in, in, uh, the work to get myself into a, a state of consciousness that is what, I don't know. Feels, feels removed from the, the practical survival struggles. What are we at, 43? Every time I see a red eft, is it technically a salamander? Is it te technically a newt? Or is it, I think it's technically an eft. A larval form of a salamander, uh, newt, I think. I think the eastern, eastern, eastern newt. Eastern red spotted newt. I'm not sure. You can look it up. By putting, putting consciousness into a repeating framework, wherein it can observe itself more clearly due to the structure of it due to the repetition
you know, it's, it's like, you know, and I, I don't, I'll, I'll often, I'll oftentimes not exactly feel like walking and talking, like I talked about before, or I'll, I'll feel resistance to doing it, uh, both before it starts and soon after it starts, I'll feel a resistance against it because it doesn't fit in so well towards, you know, survival logic. Hello. It doesn't fit in so well towards the logic of productivity or of what we, yeah, what we think of as work even most of the time. And it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of time to like Cut through that way of thinking. And to get into this way of thinking, what is this way of thinking? For a moment, I was distracted by looking for red Fs. So, again, yeah, thinking about, actually, my, honestly, my mind just wandered again towards externalities, <clears throat> but here, I, here I'm back again, back again, saying my thoughts. Um, what was I talking about? Uh, oh, yeah, I was asking, like, what is this what is this way of thinking that I seem to claim is different? Um, it's something about
Yeah, it's something, it's something, it's more like a orienting more, more directly towards how, how I can affect the quality of experience, I don't, internally, but then I feel confused because That's, that's not really true. You can't only do it internally, can you? Like, you have to, you have to eat food sometimes and stay warm enough and drink water. If even only to survive and then, you know, To not suffer would seem to normally depend on additional things than that, you know, like ha like s social needs or and, and so on. Mind drifting a little bit just towards, uh, yeah, trying to stay focused here. Energy a little bit low, to be honest, and that might, that might be a factor. And then, uh, <clears throat> geographically now, uh, where, uh, I have to think somewhat about where I'm going, or just I have to observe a little more closely to figure out where this trail continues. Um, I had a thought just now, just, I don't know, like, that uh, that this experience now seems to interrupt the 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 continuity of this what I've been doing so far in the video just walking in the trail and then it, it stimulates other parts of my mind and that I associate with being more mundane so this is an experience that I would tend to classify as being more mundane than than the experience of, of walking on that trail back there. But as I say that, it seems like there's something going on here, just experientially, that uh, 
I wouldn't I wouldn't classify as purely mundane. As if I've maintained some form of some form of continuity or something. No, not continuity exactly, but uh, or like continuity, sure, but the important thing of like uh, well, it's weird. It's weird because I'm when I started to talk about that experience being mundane, then it involved a reference. It involved, like, mentally referencing some concept of what mundane experience is. What's just, what's normal experience as opposed to uh, what this is. Uh, and then, in, in doing that, I kind of noticed some kind of fallacy in that. Um, I, I noticed, like... I just realized like like the essential unity of all experience in that it's all like well you can say in that it all happens now there's some essential unity of all of it um And like starting to make this distinction like between mundane and something else really the only the the only reference would be like life outside of making this video, life outside of walking talking like just regular pragmatic life. But that's not like the uh at the core they're not different. It's uh you know, it's just like within or without of a structure. It's still still always within some kind of structure. Whether it's self-imposed or not. Um, but then, you know, then there's uh, a ton of problems with, with that concept that I just brought up. The idea of structure being self-imposed or not—that's um, a dualistic way of thinking. <clears throat> you know, like the question of—I I realize I'm going off on several tangents here, several trains of thought, and it might be getting confusing. But just to address one little thing, and maybe, maybe I can address it, and then return back to the main train of thought. of structure being self-imposed or not. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's a, a duality. Like, is it, you know, is it a structure like socially imposed upon us, imposed upon us by society? Or are we creating the structure and choosing to be a part of that structure? Uh, it's like not either or for me. 
it doesn't seem like. It's like, yeah, there is a, there are societal structures here that will, that, uh, I participate in and, um, there would arise certain forms of difficulty in trying to avoid participating in them. Certain stressors. And so I choose to participate in many societal structures. And I, you know, it's like willingly imposing the societal structures on myself. And then also, uh, structures that seem more personal, but that relate to society, like walking and talking. It's like, a, a, on one hand, a personal structure that I'm imposing on myself, but on another hand, relating to society via this communication. mind wandering again to externalities you know it's a, I think it's okay to leave them out just like when I jump back in it's like I guess it's not necessarily that I have to disclose the content of the thoughts that I had during a, a gap but I can I can then you know just relate the whatever thoughts I'm having as I jump back in which in this case happened to be ones describing uh, in uh, a meta way the thoughts that I had describing their general nature but not revealing their specific content because the specific content is, is merely irrelevant to you I think just now um, I, I auditioned a few thoughts to say 
in that brief gap and uh, didn't find any of them important to say and then I just like came back in with just a question and then what did I go into then I then I then I just kind of like started describing that process describing that thought process of having auditioned thoughts and and then describing the process of jumping back in and now I'm kind of now I'm describing now I'm describing the subsequent process of of what I don't know it's like uh, continuing in a reflexive cycle at this point <clears throat> of you know just of of uh, describing a thought process which you know I, it's like I just said that like a few times in a row but it remains true in that I'm uh, being honest about how my mind is moving now even uh, as it goes in a, a, a cycle in a way of continuing to describe what it just did um, can will it continue like this it seems to be it's currently continuing we're continuing to describe thoughts that we just had and I'm like uh, seem to be entering a different kind of s mental space at this point like uh, of you could almost say being willingly uh, or contentedly lost in thought you know going in this cycle of thought of just describing the thought process itself is uh, is is so much more removed removed from referring to anything and this feels refreshing actually it feels like it feels now like the like the thought that's happening is so um, disconnected from myself even it's just like it's not a it's not about me or it's not even about like my experience per se like not about anything personal but it's just like uh, thought on its own terms and uh, it feels that feels that feels really nice I guess or, or relieving or something because like I as a person I feel now like uh, a little bit of relief of the burden but like now here I am referring to myself again and and now I'm now I'm actually describing directly my own experience so it's like it's led right back into like a personal it's red it's it's led right back in to to you know speaking from and about me as a person but before that was happening i was i was just talking about the this cycle of thought like seeming like it has kind of taken on a certain momentum of its own that that doesn't even relate back to me as a person but this is 
but still this is nice this is nice because um it's like whatever experience is uh happening here doesn't feel like personal it doesn't relate to any any like life narrative or uh personality about me it's it's just like at this point it started creating itself something that feels like like it's it's um it's like it's, it it seems like independent of independent of of um like this the things specific to personhood the it's it feels feels it feels a little independent of any kind of like worry about producing value of any sort it feels independent of um any kind of like imperative about maintaining any particular kind of emotional state and there's uh, there's enough momentum here to to just continue talking now without without it being so like weighted you know without the it's like like uh having having tuned into a a, a uh, certain groove of just generating words without them having this um like personal importance and and personal attachment and that feels like a, a relief to me but you know even if I, as I, I already said that of course like you know, there's there's this secular you know i guess in one sense repeating but in another sense like there's something secular going on and i say it's a relief And so that does does relate to my emotional state, but it's also like what it is is like um, just a, a a feeling that I I could maybe describe as like a, a neutral emptiness or something like that. Uh, a, a cessation of like push and pull of. Um, Like the push and pull of like a person here relating to the external world and and my my attention like really just like shifting away from like like me as a self and and relating to my environment and shifting away from like shifting away actually from like me as a self relating to the thoughts or something i guess that's not really true i guess there there is there still is something here observing the there's 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 something here observing still that 
hears the words and if I, if I stop to really notice it um, to varying degrees feels the, 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 the locus of, of control or the, that, that associates as the author of these words But uh, to another extent, it's like, for a while, some of these words, there's a feeling of them just coming and uh, there being something else here, just observing them forming and coming out of my mouth. And like, if, like if, if you were to try and ask yourself like, what have I been talking about for the past few minutes while standing on this bridge? I think that'd be a very hard question to answer. It'd be a hard question for me to answer, really. Like, I, I couldn't point to anything that I'm talking about other than this process of talking. Um, But it's it's it does it feels like it's gotten to the point where it's not about anything, and that's interesting to me. But that's it's also interesting that I say that it's interesting to me because like, you know, that now that is also bringing this uh, other self in this observer that has interest. And that is is interest in uh, a particular mode of talking. And then there's like a a, a little brief gap there, and in the gap, in the gap, I would say that like just for a few minutes there's like a, a mode of consciousness that was different from a little a little bit different from this one in which I am very immediately observing talking happening it's like a like it was just like a brief break or um, where my attention moved slightly towards a slightly towards I guess no I don't know what is it like like I was gonna say like um, it moved towards a state of consciousness more similar to what I had earlier in the video where I uh, felt my the self involvement as kind of a painful thing, the the pain of kind of the pain of kind of like digging into myself or something mentally.
And is that what I'm experiencing now? Uh, not exactly. I wouldn't describe this as pain exactly. But, uh, there's, it's like, it feels like there is work happening, but not in a difficult way. Like there's work happening, but, um, There's not exactly like, you know, existential pain associated with that work or, or any kind of pain associated with maintaining this talking. Is there, there's maybe, there's, there is maybe like a very mild, like a, a mild, like a vigilance being maintained or something, or an almost, almost fear of this talking ceasing, a f kind of fear of what state of mind I might slip into if I, if I stopped talking for too long. A fear of the discomfort of walking without talking. And, the, and I suppose that's, you know, that would be the discomfort of not adhering to my structure, not adhering to the goal, and, and thus, like, not accomplishing the work that I have set out to do. And the, you know, the, the cognitive dissonance associated with that. Of, you know, that I, where I might start to wonder if I'm being lazy or something like that. And so, I, but, you know, all, all I had to do was, like, <clears throat> notice that difficulty not difficulty, that, um, that just mild fear and describe it, you know, it's a, a component of, a component of my mind at the moment, or at least was, and then I describe it and then it, uh, has the effect of, continuing the, the desired process here you know just becoming more content but um, yeah I'm feeling like I'm increasingly appreciating this mode of communication or whatever it is and that it's really, it feels really, it feels really divorced from, uh, like, either self-concern or even, like, other concern. Like, I'm, I'm not, like, thinking about 
like I'm not thinking about myself in terms of a person or, or even really thinking about you as in terms of a person it's like at this point it's just like thought has become like able to to just exist to be generated and exist without doing any kind of work for us you know like at this point the, the like the things that i'm saying they're not like they're not working for you or for me they're not doing anything they're they're kind of existing like a little bit more like more or less on their own terms like freely for themselves that's what it seems like you know it's like could you point to like in the last say like 10 or even i think 15 minutes maybe like if you could point to it's not like there's wisdom here it's like i feel free now i feel free from wisdom at the moment and it feels like that feels like a load off you know uh like the the idea of wisdom like having kind of like some kind of like identifying referent some kind of solidity to it like concretizing a certain kind of identity or aspect of selfhood uh and as well as well as like a hierarchical relationship of me imparting wisdom to you like that's that feels gone and uh i don't feel i like like i'm not thinking about helping you now i like i just haven't been thinking that like I need to uh, look after your experience so much like now now it's just like like this is just like this this thought communication is just happening and even even to say communication is weird um, because in this process now it's like even um like what it like what is going on now feels removed from identity it feels removed from selfhood and the notion of communication would only reify um, multi- the multiplicity of selfhoods, you know, like there has to be two to communicate, but there's no, there's no two here, there's just this, there's no you and I here, there's just like this, you know, we're, you know, like even to say we now, it's like, it's not necessary, there's just there's just this verbiage going on there's like it's like it's as if there's verbiage here almost without thought like there's not really like <clears throat> or like if there is thought here it as it's as if 
as it's so absorbing that it uh, it becomes transparent in you know there's there are words here but they are so they seem they seem to the the words here seem to be so integrated into this experience that they don't refer outward they they only they they remain like kind of like almost cloistered here in uh this immediate experience and just so so integrated into it that it's it's like there's not uh I don't know, even, even saying what there's not here uh, seems unnecessary now. Like, to to kind of like... Like, at this point, we don't have to... At this point, no, no, no negating anything else is necessary. This, I mean, this is like, and it's abs. This is absolutely like clear. This is completely normal and completely and and totally not simultaneously. There's there's not there's not a notion anymore. There's not a notion anymore of of what's normal and not and what's what's mundane or transcendent or 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 otherworldly or um uh, or profound etc. Et It's just, there's just this experience happening. There are words, there are other inputs, there's vision, there's sound, um, feelings, but they, all of them, All of them seem transparent in a way. Like they're they're like for instance vision vision no longer seems like a representation of the other that the self is registering you know it's not like it's not so much self here seeing other there it's just that 
vision exists as as a complete uh, integrated, completely integrated aspect of experience itself, totally uh, connected with hearing and and feeling and and just experiencing in general. But you know, this is not this is not any this is not actually divorced from just normal life. You know, I'm having this like another conception again. So more, you know, externalized, externalized, I, I, I guess that means that I'm, uh, thoughts projecting uh, into the future a bit. Thoughts, uh, you know, in some ways, you know, thoughts about the future are imagination always. And that's fine. And, uh, you know, like, it's like, there's this um, certain kind of, um, A, a certain a certain kind of um, monotony of environment over a period of time here in the form of walking on the trail in the woods that that period of time of of uh, relative consistency of environment consistency of uh, of that aspect of experience of the the you know this uh, a relative consistency of the sensorial aspect of experience can contribute can can help create the conditions for a, uh, a, a different 
quality of like core experience. In in my case, it's like, in in this particular case, it's like observing verbal thought over a long period of time and how it changes and and how how it both changes and and at the same time expresses to some extent hopefully the the core nature of experience itself and whether the you know whether the the fundamental nature of experience is changing or whether it's the same is is a big question and and it's like maybe we get to a, a realm here where that doesn't where where that uh doesn't even really apply like that kind of um like change like e like even change even re relies on the linear conception of time the linear experience of time you know for anything to change uh and so maybe we get to in in some respect a way of experiencing that's that's like uh that's that's i don't know it's like it's both both changing and not both changing and unchanging it's like both changing but like also there's there's some kind of connection to uh, a non non-temporal cognizance but still and then like you know out of that there there's still like these moments happening here where uh, I am thoughts about the future still you know project out a little bit just in in moments when I'm not talking mainly so you know uh, which you know it's it's ever more like the The interest in continuing to talk, the interest in continuing to talk without stopping is like, where is like, what kind of experience can you observe? Uh, what kind of, what can, like, what kind of different qualities of experience can you have when you, you do something that prevents, that, that like, you know, keeps your mind on a certain track for a certain period it keeps keeps your mind like taut in a way
to um, like you know an activity where um, it's it's a mechanism set up to where I notice uh, when I don't know I was going to say that I notice when my mind is wandering. Oh, so just yeah, just now, just now, my mind wandered, and it didn't take me too long to notice it, uh, because when my mind, in this, in this structure, when my mind tends to wander towards something outside of the present, I mean, by which I mean, when I start to, in the present. project imagined scenarios then I tend to stop talking for a little while and then just that changing of something that's physically observable that is whether I'm speaking or not that's just more noticeable than, you know, if I were just walking without talking. Or, you know, if I didn't have any kind of structure, if I'm just like, I'm doing whatever I feel like, doing whatever I want. And, and having the camera on, you know, and knowing that I'm, that this is going to be public is another reminder another like hold like that I am uh, in that you know our experiences are linked is a constant reminder for me to maintain um, a vigilance in observing my mind and I guess that's just just it not not directing it in a particular kind of way but you know there have modes of thinking obviously have arisen here that that seem desirable in comparison to other modes of thinking. Uh, for instance, like now in this moment, I have a, uh, a memory of a period in the recent past of this video of being, of feeling 
feeling connected to uh, a, a non-temporal experience. And as I, as I say those words, it, it brings it back again. It brings it back. And it's, it's funny for me to be describing it because even in the description, uh, temporal thought is, is necessarily implicated. It's necessarily brought, uh, it's, it's necessarily implied, uh, even in the word again. Well, it's like, um, in, like, you know, linguistically, linguistically, can, can we ever, um, really escape the passage of time? Like, does, 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 uh, does, does language, uh, necessitate a linear experience of time does it and also does it uh, like reify does it um, reinforce a linear experience of time even through such words as like again because it implies a past iteration of what is happening now. And even even the word now, even the word now implies a, uh, something that's not now. And there's yeah, I was talking about, uh, it's funny, I was talking about ways of thinking that seem more or less desirable, and as I started to kind of attach to that thought, attach to that uh, desire for a particular type of thinking, it, uh, it in fact had the effect of preventing that desired type of thinking. You know, for example, um, like I have this memory now of standing on the bridge back there and, and talking about how I felt relief due to uh, the thought process seeming, seeming to have, have now like have this level of autonomy, this independence from from me as a self and having this thought now uh, of this past this past state being more desirable and then I kind of and, and, and you know so longing longing for a past state and that brings up a, a level of uh, resistance to the current state. So I feel that resistance. And then I remembered that uh, that state that I was longing for, it wasn't so much of a willing attitude that brought it about, 
so much as um, uh, so much as like an openness uh, attitude of openness to what is happening right now and then you know in that realization that memory of how that state was brought about it's like well okay so I can now adopt this attitude now of openness to what's going on now and that's what's happened and so um so now like I'm I'm avoiding saying the word again uh just because I I I feel some fear of manifesting linear time which is which is funny to say you know it's funny to to say that I'm feeling open and then immediately follow it with uh, talking about fear of a uh, certain mode of experience. But here I am having um, stated that I'm open to the present experience, the, the mode of it, and what do I say? I'm not sure exactly, other than that, like, that I am, I guess I am feeling active in observing, or at least moving closer to observing words as they happen in real time. And I guess there is or was, until after I said that word is. Uh, and I, I was going to say effort being expended, effort being expended in towards, towards the goal of merging, merging talking with the cognizance of, of thought, merging, merging the, the time gap Reducing the time gap between between cognizing the thought and and speaking it, and it's also funny to it's also funny to to uh, acknowledge effort being expended um, because there's also this possibility for an for an effortless state, it seems, of talking. Am I experiencing? It's like I don't know. There's effort, but then, but then, if I if I like, I'm observing the effort. Like there's something also here that's not expending effort. There's something. There's some aspect here expending a certain kind of effort to keep talking and to to make the words to form the sentences and such and then there's another thing here that's not expending effort another component of this experience that does feel effortless and right now that one feels like it's coming to the fore again and i feel it's it's i started to say i feel and then i felt strange saying i feel but 
once again, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and say once again, without the worry about uh, manifesting linear time by saying it, and I know I'm re repeating some themes a little bit here, but that's okay because I acknowledge that there's a secular activity happening, and I acknowledge that I've said that a number of times already, but that's okay, but I feel now like I could say that um, the cent feeling a s uh, centered in the words in a way that feeling now like absorbed again in the words the words having um, consumed like the the f the attention like attention being atten the all the attention here being mainly consumed by the act of talking and it now having a a, a rolling momentum and but even as i say that then you know i said rolling momentum and then i said and and then as soon as I said and, I, I felt the mechanism of effort. I, I don't know about mechanism, but like the experience of effort kick back in. And, you know, as, a, as there was a searching feeling for the next words. But it didn't last long because just merely describing that particular phenomenon uh, was the answer to the question of what to say. What's the answer to the question of what to say now? I don't know. That was it. I don't know was the answer. Some uh, just brief minor f um, experience of, of self-criticism, but that self-criticism took the form of the imagined judgment of another. Uh, my mind projecting another person could be a specific person, could be an imagined group of people, could be like an imagined general attitude of audience and, imag and uh, imagining a possible uh, judgment in those minds of what's being or of of the, of, of their own experience, you could say, of their own experience of uh, of what I am doing. I I asked, you know, I asked that in the like uh, question uh, tonality, you know, raised raised tone sentence as if to imply a question because the it started to become a little fuzzy to me, like this. Uh, This this uh, distinction between like what I'm doing, what I'm making, what the audience is experiencing. It's true. It's true. Um, logically, I there is there's me making something here that an audience watches, sees, hears, experiences. There's my experience. 
there's the audience experience and there's something linking them. And there's a, there were there were a few things, there are a few options that just that just uh, skirted past my awareness uh, in the the split second following the word and and the words that followed the and were none of them, or you know. Like the option that was chosen for what to say was like <clears throat> not the first option. There's a uh, memory of something I was, uh, a, a thought that was starting to develop, and I'm you know, I question now whether I should uh, expend the effort to remember what it was I was, what thought it was I was trying to develop and go retrieve it, or do I just continue with where I am now? Are those two things different? It seems like It seems like I'm just continuing, although like, you know, there's, there's a part of me, there's a, a, a part of me that is lingering, wanting to go back and remember what it, some particular thought that, uh, I guess, I guess it occurred to me, but uh, I didn't enunciate or something like that. Something about the self-criticism, I think that's what it was. You know, just a, a momentary, a moment of self-criticism, but the the self-criticism existing entirely in in the form of an imagined other other's experience. So it's like there is there is a component here of. of um, considering your experience, which uh, is temporally removed, but temporally linked to my present experience.
up mind projections into the future again imagination it just like increasingly it's things that it's things that um relate to the present things that are happening in the present um and also actually actually you know things that uh happened in the past my memory of something that happened in the past this video and then uh relating that to an imagined future <clears throat> resulting in me not talking for a while and then like you know kind of drifting off like almost forgetting what i'm doing i haven't restarted the video in a while but uh It hasn't, it's like, this video camera has not glitched in a while, and so I'm like, feeling kind of confident that it won't do it again. But it wouldn't hurt to restart. It wouldn't really hurt anything. Just to, in case there's some kind of corrupted file or something. So that was a little gap of not talking. And in that gap, I, I began to feel um, this feeling of effort as like a, a weighty feeling of like, I have to keep talking again. Oh man, you know, like it feeling, it really feeling like work. But as soon as I began again, it's like that feeling of work is gone and it's and sometimes like sometimes it seems like the 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 like dreadful kind of feeling of work is something like that comes up actually like in like before you start to actually work you know like when you're really working hard and you just like keep yourself working hard it's like you it's as if you don't actually experience like the dread of working it's like you're just doing it and you're you know you become absorbed in it but uh i guess you know it's not like you can really like maintain it forever there's all there's always going to be like uh you need to rest you know like you go long enough you have to rest you can't do it forever but um there's something i think there is something to said be said about willpower um and for me that takes a form often of like just kind of like um, taking an illogical leap over what seems to be like a, a logical like complaint or something, you know, logical like uh, 
dread of work or something, you know, understandable. Um, like, like, I don't, you know, like, it's like getting out of bed. Like, I don't want to get out of bed and you're, you're lying in bed. Your alarm's gone off. It's like, I really don't feel like getting up. And like, that's like this dread, you know, this feeling of dread. Like, don't want to get up. Uh, but then once you actually get up, like that feeling's gone. You're just like, I'm up, you know, and it's, it's fine. <clears throat> and so like that, for me, that's similar to the experience of not talking versus talking. Like I'm making one of these videos, there's a gap and I'm like, what do I say? Um, what do I, you know, uh, but then once I'm, once I just start talking, it's like, then I'm just talking and it's, it's fine, you know, for the most part, but it becomes maybe, you know, eventually, uh, towards the end, maybe some, maybe some fatigue sets in, but, you know, I've gotten used to this four hour duration. So it's like, um, I've maybe maybe I'm like subconsciously uh, able to allot myself the right amount of energy or allot myself the right amount of willpower to to go through four hours and then like because always by the four by the end of the four hours I'm like uh, I'm I'm perfectly ready for it to be over or something and it feels like a relief when it's over but like but so but in the midst of the four hours and like increasingly so towards the end of the four hours maybe I have to uh like when you know when either there's a gap occurs or like almost there's the the threat of a possible you know there's a possibility of a gap occurring you know coming to the end of a sentence or the, the thought or something like that then it's like um, not like not giving into any kind of like little desire to just like take a break from talking and go into silence for a while. There, you know, like s sometimes that happens in a in a in a fairly natural way where like it doesn't seem like it's uncomfortable or something. But like in this case, it's it's like. Um, like you, you, you kind of like tempor te temporarily, just like, just for like a split second, you just have to kind of like override what would otherwise be the prevailing uh, desire, you know, to rest. It's like that thing of getting out of bed, like don't want to, don't want to, and then you just like have to like ignore that for just, just a split second, just long enough to actually get out of bed, like, like. 